perspective as the native audience a place where we discuss what films get right what they get wrong and how we apply the red gaze to what could have been hello my dogs we are continuing with our recap of reservation dogs the tv series that took all the reses by storm (laughs) (laughs) i'm your host gerald carey i'm here with my fellow res dogs ben nils landon hey what's up and marley finney hello We are here to do episode six of Reservation Dogs as we take you up into the season two that's coming up beginning in August. And woo, we're all looking forward to that (laughs) one coming out. The overview of the episode, this episode's called Hunting, and it says Leon and Willie Jack head out on a hunting trip. Willie Jack confesses her feelings about Daniel and what it meant to her. So you kind of get introduced to some new characters in this episode or maybe characters that were alluded to and you didn't really know you know who mm-hmm. they were talking about so this this kind of pushes the story forward a little bit this episode so i got an 8.4 on imdb so it scored pretty high as well Our director was sterling harjo writers were sterling harjo taika watiti and sydney freeland once again um the stars you know the regular cast alora bear cheese and willie jack uh, John Proudstar as Leon, who is Willie Jack's dad, and Dalton Kramer as Daniel. So this is the first episode where we really, where we kind of get to know who he is. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys think of this episode? It was for me. It was okay. Like it, I felt it wasn't as good as some of the other episodes we reviewed in the past, mm-hmm. which I was kind of um, disappointed because I like Willie Jack's character, and I feel like since it was mainly focused on her and her dad's relationship, I was hoping there'd be like a lot more humor in it, where it was mainly more of a... Like, it seemed like there's a lot of depressing um, interactions or right. issues because they were focusing on the loss of her cousin. Um, so it, that's kind of how I felt about it, but... And it was... It kind of seemed slow a little bit, you know, like you really were sitting with them hunting, yeah. you know, because <laughs> nothing was happening. Yeah. They're just kind of sitting there and talking and... You're just waiting for that big buck to come walking by. Yeah. I don't know, I'm not into hunting, so I was I kind of got a little bit bored. You know, I mean, there were still some good parts in this, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of just felt slow. I was kind of hoping for more of a reveal, too, of, you know, what happened to Daniel, maybe, or like what, like you really still didn't get the relationship, mm-hmm. kind of, and... I like yeah. maybe they could have showed like his parents or something like yeah. you know like how are they related like the aunts or how close the family really is you know because it sounds like they're pretty close you know they could have showed like the family is doing stuff together or something you know but right you know, he just kind of got thrown in there yeah. with the dad and Daniel and then you're just supposed to be like oh okay I guess they were this they mostly sh- what's it called telling instead of showing you yeah. know like yeah so you're just supposed to take it, oh, they were all close, but you don't really see that in this episode. Or get how. Yeah. You know, yeah. or what the connection was really. 
and I I kind of felt like um, there was a scene where Leon, the dad, uh, Daniel comes walking by. It's kind of either early in the morning or late at night, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" and and he puts a jacket on him because it's raining and stuff. So you get the sense that there's a relationship, but it it really didn't illuminate anything to, for me. So, well, I guess one thing this episode did was introduce that that tall man character or tall man story too as well. So I see that theme from the previous episode compared to this episode where that one was Deer Woman and now this one is Tall Man. So yeah, I wonder. I if can that see that the to... the writers are trying to interject these. These yeah, legends. These, these legends into these stories or these episodes. Yeah. And I was wondering maybe if that, like you were saying, the storyline, I wonder if that had to do with those catfish heads yeah. and like the big footsteps and stuff. Because yeah. I was kind of like wondering what that was too. You know, she was kind of saying, is it maybe that's Daniel? But I was like, why would he come back as like a big foot? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, because the very first scene is where Leon's going out, putting out deer corn or whatever and then he sees this like big like hairy spirit character with thing. like red eyes red he kind of looks yeah. like those star wars yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and and i don't know if that's a a regional thing because this series introduced the concept of bigfoot you know with with um you know big talking about bigfoot and all this yeah. kind of stuff so was this supposed to be bigfoot or if it is is it's different than tall man, which around here, like tall man means like the the suicide spirit, you know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a different like tall, what we would say tall call tall man. So I was kind of getting all these like char- like what do these characters mean or where do they come from, and it was kind of disappointing I think because in the dear lady episode, like it was so clear and it was so like it was such a connection and there was. It was explained really clearly, and you could clearly see what the character was about. Yeah. And then this one, then it, it kind of got all muddled. Yeah, so. it just it just showed him. There was no real backstory behind what he is or what yeah, he symbolizes. Right. Yeah. So it, I guess they dropped the ball on that part because that, like you said, the dear lady actually talked about how mm-hmm. she, how she hunts or yeah. preys on people that are doing bad. Right. There's no story behind what the tall man is or what right. he does. He just right. shows up in the forest and <laughs> yeah. freaks out the dad. And then he's not very tall. Yeah. <laughs> they said he's supposed to be like, he said he was like 15 feet yeah. tall. And then they show him he's like six he's foot. He's like a <laughs> 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 a regular dude. <laughs> yeah, so that was a very strange, it was, I think it was an off episode. It was still good, though. I mean, I do, you know, because everybody does like Willie Jack, and obviously you you got to see a little bit about the family and the dynamics and things like that. But, um, but yeah, it was it was kind of after coming off the Dear Lady episode, and then it was it was a little bit of a letdown after that one. Still good, but yeah. So one of the things I saw in the in the episode that I had to go do some research about was the little houses that were hey, I did the, the same did you? Yeah, I saw that I was curious about that so I looked those up too uh-huh. as well <laughs> so that's I mean that's not a tradition that we do around here in the northern plains obviously that's a tradition of the tribes down there but they're called spirit houses or grave houses yeah and they come from the tradition of in their tribes burying their loved ones beneath their homes yeah that's that's what I looked up too and about the spirit houses 
And one of the things I found, too, is it's built over the grave to serve as a home for the spirit. And it's kind of no matter the design, it says these houses also evoke indigenous resilience and show how colonization transformed tradition. But, like, I was curious about that when I first saw them. I was like, man, those are strange because around here we don't have those. So yeah. So I looked them up. I didn't know how to, like, search for it because I didn't know what they were <laughs> called. I was like, grave shelters or <laughs> great. That's the first time I typed Google that. Grave shelters. But, <laughs> but I stumbled across it and found it. And I was like, man, those interesting that different tribes do those different things like that. Right. So. Yeah, how they, like, take how, like, a contemporary thing now came from tradition. It also said that they put in their items from the loved ones, like special items. So, like, how we would maybe put down a Pendleton or a star quilt or something or, you know, put something in the coffin with them. What they do is they put them in these little spirit houses or grave houses. And the other thing I found out is that the houses don't ever get, like, rebuilt or repaired or anything like that. They're just supposed to, like... Erode? Erode. So I thought that was a really cool, like, thing because when I first saw them on this, and I can't remember, I think it might have been even episode one or two, when I first saw those little houses, I was like, what are those, like, are, like, those little dog houses? Or are they, like, little, like, <laughs> yeah. Is? And then I then I realized they were, like, on graves. And, but it wasn't until this episode that I'm like, okay, I need to go look this up. Yeah, that, that's what I did, too. Right when I saw them, I was like, man, I'm going to wonder what those are. Learn something every day. <laughs> Learn it here on the Red Gaze. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our feathers, guys, here on the Red Gaze. We give feathers to various scenes in honor of Sasheen Little Feather, who declined the Best Actor Award for Marlon Brando in protests of Hollywood's portrayal of Native people. And the first feather we usually give is the fancy dance feather, our best scene. My favorite scene is, <laughs> it's kind of a funny part, where uh, Willie Jack is sitting with her dad in the forest, they're getting ready to hunt, and she pulls out this, this makeup to put on her face. <laughs> So she starts putting that war paint. She's like, I'm putting my war paint on. And he asked to look at the container. Uh-huh. Or no, he asked her where she got it. And she's the Halloween store. So then he asked to look at the container and he reads all these chemicals. So he starts going on this rant. He's like, you know, this could give you like a face tumor. And face tumor? And then Somebody, she's you can't like, read these names. Yeah, the you chemicals. Can't pronounce these chemicals. And then like she's a, she asks for it back. She gets it back. Then the scene cuts real quick. And here, next thing you know, he's sitting there with war paint on his <laughs> yeah. face himself. <laughs> <clears throat> My scene is when they're, remember they said they're on Texas, like Texans land or something. And they're sitting there and pretty soon you can hear those white guys, those tech, the guys that own that bought that land, they're walking by and they were like kind of naming like Mexicans, woke people, (laughs) the border and the gays. Yeah. Oh, they're just like walking, just naming all that stuff. I thought that was funny. <laughs> that was a good one. Wokeness. Oh yeah, wokeness. Wokeness. <laughs> like wokeness. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. <laughs> she was like, "Should I shoot them right away?" Too. <laughs> really like, shoot them. <laughs> she was ready to shoot them. <laughs> yeah. I um, I like the scenes with the with the turkey. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was funny. I don't know why. I don't know why. I thought that was funny, but he like pops up and scares them, and then they're and then they're walking along the trail looking for those trail cams, and that turkey's following them around. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then it 
And then at the end, when after they they get the deer, then that turkey's like going home with them in their back of their truck. I don't know for some reason. I just thought that was hilarious that they made this turkey like a recurring character. Yeah. (laughs) Even at the end, yeah, they kind of drove off, and (laughs) And that little turkey popped up in the back of their car. But the other scene that I would give a feather to is is where they're talking at the end about how much they miss Daniel. And then Willie Jacks go, you're going to make me cry. F, wreck my war paint. That's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite scene. What about your feather for on my res? I just put, like, the whole uh, suicide thing. You know, that's pretty mm-hmm. common. You know, uh, been through that a couple, well, actually more than a couple times with friends growing up and stuff, you know, and... Just having to deal with that and seeing, like, Willie Jack and her dad just questioning, like, what happened or, you know, mm-hmm. I wish we could have done something. You know, I wish I would have known. Just, like, or she was saying, I'm not mad at you anymore yeah. and stuff. Like, you know, that um, suicide, you know, is just really bad on, mm-hmm. you know, in Native countries. So that really, like I said, that that was, like, the main thing. I was like, man, I really relate to this because I've lost so many good friends to suicide, you know, and mm-hmm. we were just young, right. and it's still happening, you know, where, like, I'm, as I'm getting older, like, I just feel like, mm-hmm. you know, like, we lose all of our friends and stuff as we grow up, you know, it happens as we're growing up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that that really, that, to me, that just seems like a, that was an easy one for me to just relate to. Right. Yeah, suicide is always a big issue. Mm-hmm. Most all reservations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always dealing with the loss of a, a friend or a family member. Yeah. yeah. There's a scene in this episode too where he's he's kind of thinking about it and he's and he's like, Did I fail him? And mm-hmm. he kinda starts to choke up and stuff and that like I'm even kinda choking up thinking about it. Because it's it's something that everybody questions too. Suicide has such reverberations in the community because everybody asks themselves that question. You know, did I did I do enough, or did mm-hmm. or is there something I could have done, or could yeah. I save this person? Or it's like, somehow? man, how could or, I not have seen this? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like. And to to see him as the uncle, to have him just say that and and really like take it upon himself is like I think that's a also a scene where like everybody could relate to you know because we have lost people to suicide and then it always comes back to could we have done something to have prevented it and i think the other part of this episode that is so closely tied with it is her wanting to leave you know the dad i mean he kind of understood you know like i'll I'll support you you know whatever you want to do but they have this whole conversation about well why do you want to leave well, the tall man story. I remember a couple of years ago, there was an episode, I can't remember if it was Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters. They came to Standing Rock to, oh, yeah. to do an investigation about that. the tall man. So that was all over our reservation there for, <laughs> for a hot minute. <laughs> and I remember a lot of um, people, like our friends and stuff, all saying like, why are they looking for the tall man? Like, I never even heard of that before. Why are they looking for him at... They're looking for him at some area on the res, and they were like, that place not even haunted. <laughs> Somebody sent him on a wild goose yeah. chase on our reservation. <laughs> well, this is where I got confused with the like what the tall man is, because, yeah, around here, the tall man is more like this shadowy figure that shows up to people who are like contemplating suicide. 
he's totally different than Bigfoot. And I felt like in this episode it was confusing because they were like mixing the two up. And then and then also when they said like, oh, Daniel's spirit was this tall man. Yeah. Slash Bigfoot thing or whatever. And I was just like confused. It was confusing. Yeah. Maybe he was the tall man at the end. I have no idea. It didn't seem like he liked hunting, though, or being yeah. out there. So that's why yeah. I was kind of confused. Because, yeah, they were driving off, and he that tall man was just peering or peeking at him through the woods yeah. with those red eyes. Yeah. It was very strange. For my, on my res feather, I would give it to that little exchange that Leon, um, him and Willie Jack are talking about the land where they're hunting. She said, don't we own this land? And he said, we're Indian. We don't own land. Yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, well, we always hunt here. And he's like, yeah, but we don't own it. <laughs> and it's and she's like, well, who owns it? And he's like, probably some Texas ranchers and the, those two guys that yeah. have been walking by. And then he, and she's like, well, maybe they'll give it back. And he's like, Texas ranchers don't give shit back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, man. That brings up this whole issue of, like, hunting on our own land. That's a big issue. All of these non-natives own land, and then they they prohibit hunting on their Mm -hmm. lands. Or they sell it to, like, out-of-state white hunters who can come in and hunt. But, you know, someone's actually looking for meat to survive over the winter. They can't hunt there. So I thought that was funny that as the episode started, too, there's a big, like, no trespassing sign. Yeah, they, they just like, go right duck under, they <laughs> under it and go into the woods. And I'm like, it's also a commentary on land ownership. Yep, that was my first thought. How come we have to be asking to be hunting on the, you know, where we came from, where we've right. been here this whole time? <sighs> All right, what about your wise elder feather? Well, I felt like Willie Jack's dad kind of played the role where he was trying to convince her to stay. Like, she really was, like, set on going to California. She's mm-hmm. like, well, what can you do in California? And she's like, well, I can... Well, Snoop Dogg is there, and Dr. J is there, and <laughs> Dr. Phil is there. Dr. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Even Dr. Phil, she yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then she was like, yeah, it could be a MMA fighter. So, like, did the MMA scene, and could be a gourmet cook. Then Every little thing she says she could do. He has, like, a rebuttal on what she can do there that's the same. Like, yeah. It's like, well, I can be a dog trainer. He's like, well, you might get bit. Or, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's, I could be a gourmet chef. Well, there's gourmet restaurants here, like catfish, all you can eat. Yeah. Or something. yeah. He's like, <laughs> so I liked his little spiel on trying to convince her to stay in the reservation amongst her family and friends. Yeah. The, the, the quote that I love, that's my wise elder quote, is, you can just walk around and look at things. Yeah. <laughs> Look at, look at things. things. <laughs> really vague. <laughs> Just look at things. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that made me laugh in this was that little that like little sequence that you were talking about, Ben, where you know she's like, "Oh, I could be an MMA fighter." Oh yeah. And then, or I could be a gourmet chef, or I could be a dog rescuer, and that just made me laugh because it was like. It's just like little kids where they're like, the things that they want to be are just like all over the place. And there's nothing like, okay, I like animals, so I'll be a dog rescuer. I like to eat, <laughs> yeah. so I'll be a gourmet. <laughs> you know, I like I the like fight. fight. <laughs> and then like, I like when they show her, knock, they knock, she knocks out whoever that is, and she's like, bitch. Yeah, she, <laughs> she makes that like, boy. Yeah. She makes there. That was pretty cool. I think the father had a, had a funny line too, is when they're first going to hunt, they're driving in that truck and... I can't remember how they got on the topic of 
if something runs onto the road, you just hit it. You don't swerve. Send that critter into the spirit world. He said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy, that's so true. My brother was cruising along on the res, and this dog came running out. It was kind of trotting along the side of the road, and here, for some reason, whenever he was coming by it, it came out onto the road. So he like swerved. And he actually overcorrected or whatever and flipped his car over. And then as he was getting out, the car started on fire. So, like, he could have lost his life for a rest <laughs> <laughs> And even I if he my cousin teasing him, like, just run it over. It probably wouldn't even hurt it anyway. It would have survived. Those rest dogs are tough. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one stood out to me because... Actually, like three weeks ago, I hit a deer. I hit a deer, and I swerved, though. I swerved, so like we went, I hit it side side by side, oh, so uh-huh. it wasn't directly in front. Uh-huh. So if I, didn't, if I didn't swerve, I would have probably had more damage. So it just barely <laughs> dented the fender. And the deer lived, too. It got up and took off running, uh-huh. limping into the... Tough Riz deer, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess diving in to the episode and thinking about like the conversations that were had, it really is... Like them getting to the heart of, do you leave the reservation or, or do you stay? Mm-hmm. You know, because that is a constant, constant struggle for Native people. Because we're taught that the reservation is a bad place. And we're taught that there's nothing there. And we're taught that, oh, you have to go somewhere else for opportunities. But the reality is, like, as as this Willie Jack's dad sees it, like... Everything's here. Yeah. yeah, it's family and friends and things like that. And so I think looking at it from that perspective is what this episode brings up that I think is so important. You can do other other things, other places, but you can do them here too. And it's funny that the episode also talks about land ownership because the two are sort of intertwined. Like mm-hmm. why a lot of us don't live on the reservation is while well, we don't have land and we don't, you know, can't build a house yeah. anywhere. And then the only thing really available is like housing houses, which, I mean, there's a whole lot of issues with housing <laughs> and stuff but um, that we don't want to go into here. But, I mean, I think putting those two together about, about land ownership and why you'd want to leave the reservation, I think that was really smart of them to do. It was just so, so like, slow-paced. You know, I think that was the thing. Yeah. And they didn't really hit it head-on. They just mm-hmm. kind of alluded to it. So Yeah, I've been, well, what you're saying, too, is, I've been seeing more people kind of having those thoughts about the res too, like we like people that kind of were op- more um, what's the word like hopeful, optimistic. Like this is our home, you know. We can mm-hmm. we can leave, but we can come back. I even have some friends that are going to college, but ultimately they want to move back to right. the res now. Yeah. Even me at growing up too, I, I was always told that like you need to get off the res and go somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's nothing here, but. I mean, yeah, your whole family's there and people you grew up around and it's just where you're from, you know, your Mm -hmm. people and everything. Like what he said, too, this is where your people are, you know. That's why you should stay here. Your people are here. Like, that was probably my quote, too, where the dad was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, people always leave, but they always come back, Yeah, you know, because their people are here and their families are here. Like, this is their vibes, I think is what he said. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I, I think more Natives are, you know starting to have that mindset like right. we want to go back you know and um just because that's our home you right. know but I, I also want to say like 
it's complicated. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. trying to, like you Fix said. the housing yeah. issue. Yeah. Housing but issues. I think there's so many of us that would go back. And but, it would be, mm-hmm. maybe we'd have this, you know, like, major cities. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> be- but the housing thing is because of the mm-hmm. land. Because it's so fractionated and because it's so almost impossible to get yeah. a place to even to, to build. And then you don't even want to get into, like, the tribal, the politics yeah. either. <laughs> it's really complicated. Yeah, and so, it's complicated. Having heard that grow up, oh, you got to leave the res, you got to get off the res. And, and it's like, no, that's, no, we shouldn't mm-hmm. leave the res. The reservations are the last pieces of land that nobody has owned except us. That is land that yeah. has never been owned by anybody but us. That's not a prison. We should be proud of that, mm-hmm. that, that our ancestors fought to keep that, and we should be proud of that. But... It's just that conditioning that the outside world puts in our heads that they're bad places. And they're not bad places. They're just places that have been systemically and systematically torn down by non-natives and the government. And so putting it back together really is going to take time and effort. But I can see it slowly happening. Yeah, I I feel like from when I was a kid growing up, I feel like I didn't really have a lot of natives to look up to, to mm-hmm. like, I went to college or there was no big names. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like as I've gotten older, there's more, just more kids going to school and, mm-hmm. you know, they just want to, they want to do other mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and it's mm-hmm. kind of good to see that, I, you know, are seeing like even native athletes because mm-hmm. I've, you know, I play basketball, just seeing like division one athletes and seeing basketball players like making it to the NBA and right. stuff like that. So it's really cool to see us succeed like that now when yeah. I feel like maybe like 10, 15 years ago, you wouldn't really see that, you know. Right. And so I think that's good for younger kids to keep seeing more people doing that stuff, you know. Yeah. So like even though we kind of <laughs> have some issues with like Shoni, like her and Jude, yeah. they're good for yes. the kids to see that you can you can leave. You can always mm-hmm. go back. It'll still right. be there. Yeah. But you can leave and you can do stuff and be successful and then go home, you know? Yeah. I see that too. Like natives going off to get educated and then mm-hmm. finding that desire to go back to your homelands to hopefully make a better environment for yeah. people that were in your shoes growing up. And I feel like part of it is reservations are always, like for my reservation, dependent on the government so much still too for their funding. Whereas there's other tribes like MHA or Shakopee where they have the resources where they can help their own people mm-hmm. and right. better their own people as it is. But it's always a struggle, like, for my reservation because there's so many members and not enough money or resources like housing and yeah. even education. We're always getting teachers from um, from white towns instead of right. natives teaching mm-hmm. natives. Yeah. So, like, I feel like as they get educated, more natives come back and Hopefully, help, help like guide our youth. Yeah, yeah, it might not be overnight. It might take... A long time, right. but you know, hopefully well, something. And when you think about it, like how long and how concerted of an effort that the government had to make to tear down our families. Like they mm-hmm. had to have some actual laws in place, and they had to actually have a whole system put in place of Indian agents and you know the the government and all of these entities that were deliberately taking kids away and infiltrating communities and brainwashing kids you know what i mean like yeah. Yeah. there there's all these years of actual deliberate efforts to break down families then it it, it all cracks me up that they're surprised that there's all these problems on a reservation mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 
that was deliberate. You meant to do that. Why are you surprised? And why are you saying it's our fault? That was your policies and your people that were doing these things. And then now it's our responsibility to then try to fix all of these things, which, I mean, I think it is going to take time, but I do see, like, there's a lot more people in our communities that are starting small businesses and becoming entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and there's people who are starting nonprofit organizations and doing good work in the communities, helping heal from these things. And so I think that is a that is a testimony to our resilience. It's also things that this episode of Reservation Dogs kind of brings up because there is always that tension between going away and coming back you know and I always feel like like how Willie Jack and all her friends all those kids feel like oh we want to get out of here you know I feel like every native kid on the res has that thought you know Mm -hmm. at least once in their life like man this place sucks I want to get out of here you know (laughs) but I I guess you get older you kind of realize well this is my home I want to help you know I want to make it better be a lone horseman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about scene 86? Yeah. Uh, is there I'm, even anything? I'm going to say the Bigfoot character could have been... Not 86, but maybe not, more explained. Um, yeah, I was going to... Yeah, I was not... Like, he could have been, like, more mysterious because, to me, it was just kind of like this big hairy blob thing <laughs> with red eyes in it. And it wasn't, like, scary or it wasn't... Like with the deer lady, you saw her, and then when you'd get the flashes of the glimpses of the hooves, then you'd be like, yeah. But then when you got, when you seen this guy, it was like, what? Is that an Ewok? What is it? Is that what they're called? Ewoks? I thought they're called something else. Oh, the ones, which ones? The the hood? Yeah, with the Oh, yeah, those are Jawas. Jawa, yeah. He looks like a Jawa. (laughs) Yeah. Was it a, whatever it was, it was just kind of like. It's a big Jawa. <laughs> it wasn't bigger than him, though. That's why yeah, it looked I didn't like a regular it. size guy, yeah. mm-hmm. like, average guy. I, I, I was so confused. But it's like if they could have made it more, like just glimpses, or not not even glimpses, but maybe just like hearing sounds. Yeah, because I thought it was creepy when they kind of go by. Yeah, it kind of looked like those people that. That uh, like snipe people like I seen on like oh, Call of Duty yeah, where, where they, they wear have those, those things all fringes. over their body. Yeah, that's what I thought he looked called, like. But, yeah, but yeah, it's funny that they he was tall man, but they made him just average average height. <laughs> yeah, it must be like must be the Navajo tall man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the only eighty six thing that I have. Or at least explain it more than, you yeah, know, get rid of it or make it or make it more scary. Yeah, I think they should have explained it more. Like how they did with the deer, the deer lady or deer mm-hmm. lady. So. Yeah. Just miss, miss the mark. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like it, since it was focusing on Willie Jack, I thought it would have been more funny. Mm-hmm. But it was a really serious episode. So right. like, I was a little bit disappointed. So, I mean, it's still watchable. Kind of right. carries the storyline, gives you some background behind mm-hmm. Daniel. So like, other than that. I especially because the episode started out with her saying, What's up, white Jesus? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be funny. And then I was like, okay. Yeah, one thing, too, was when she woke up her dad, like, she opened that door, and here there's, like, a fist punch in the in the door. Did you guys see that? Oh, oh like a, a crack in the yeah, door? Yeah, like, looks like it's oh. the first, like a fist. Like, somebody punched the door. <laughs> I'm going to say, I lived in a house that had, a like, a little hole in the door because of this guy, because of Benny. <laughs> 
him and no privacy in that yeah. room. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I used to, yeah, I remember I used to get in trouble, and, par- and that room was right in the living room. <laughs> so my parents would be like, "Get in there!" And for like twenty minutes or whatever, and I'd always be watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, okay, but then I'd be still watching TV through that whole. <laughs> we have a hole punched in our wall in our house too. I I also I think it's good that you know even though this episode was kind of slow is that they brought the issue of suicide and like how prevalent it is you know on the res so I think that was good you know I was looking up um, Native communities experience higher rates of suicide mm-hmm. compared to all the r- other racial ethnic groups in the U S and it's the eighth leading cause of death for natives of all ages. For, like, natives age 10 to 24, suicide is the second leading cause of death. And the native youth suicide rate is 2.5 times higher than the overall national average. So, like I said, it's really a problem. And I always think, like, like you said, we're placed on this little bit of land, you know. and Pushed back onto mm-hmm. this little bit of land. Yeah, and it still has, and we were forced to be cutting our hair and going to those schools and affects us to this day you know right. so I that's why I think like we have such a high um suicide rate I was like reading that this is from the National Indian Council on Aging where I got all that information from you know it talks about like historical disenfranchisement through genocide and institutional racism like that's how we mm-hmm. got here historical disen- disenfranchisement through genocide and institutional racism has resulted in American Indians and Alaska Natives experiencing poor health and socioeconomic outcomes. These social detriments of health intersect to create a situation that is detrimental to the physical and mental health of the Indian communities. Cultural disconnection, alienation, and pressure to assimilate all contribute to higher rates of suicide among American Indians and Alaska Natives. So that was a quote from that website. And you could write comments, and some lady commented, I just have to address a statement made here. And she's like, I came here curious regarding high suicide rates among Native Americans, but this statement isn't true. When Native Americans received the separate nation, in quotation works, status, they became responsible for the people within that nation. It is ran by them, so saying that these issues have to do with systemic racism is just a lie. Since there seems to be a very (laughs) high crime rate in their population, one would have to assume that any detrimental treatment is at the hands of other Native Americans, and it isn't due to racism. Oh, and I was like, God. yeah, but this is how so many white people think, though. Yes, you know, like, is. this is this is our fault, yep. you know. It's nothing to do with the facts. <laughs> yeah. <that you're>, like, <laughs> yeah. You've been breaking us down for hundreds of years. God. Yeah, she's like, the main issue would be that the leaders there are so corrupt that they continue to allow this treatment, especially of <laughs> women. There's no one to hold these people accountable. They will never receive the help and assistance they need to change things if no one can be honest about their problems. Mm. <laughs> and she's saying, there needs to be some kind of investigation. I was like, gee. <laughs> but I was like, man, I already know some people. I know a lot of people probably think that here in North Dakota. Yeah, it's Jeez. very, it's very mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully one day you can, uh, people could change that. Hopefully this episode will change some people's minds or at least bring that to attention, you know. Or have that conversation the conversation is important because i think the school system is really good at suppressing all of these issues and making it look like oh yeah it's native's fault 
and it isn't the fault of all these policies and deliberate practices on the part of the government, government who is acting on behalf of the non-native public. And so all of the things that have broken down our families and our community are things that get brushed under the rug. Like if you ever read um, anything about natives, it always says when they lost their land, right? And that just, just in recent years, it's just beginning to like really like get me mad because it's not like, what did we do with our land? Where did we misplace our land? Mm -hmm. We didn't lose it. It was taken. It was stolen. But for them to say they lost their land, you know, they <laughs> use this most innocent type of language or this like blameless sort of language. Like it was our fault. We lost the land. Yeah. It wasn't their fault for taking it and taking it a lot most times unscrupulously it's our fault we lost it so i mean that that tells you right there what the mindset is and that's the main contributor to suicide right there mm -hmm. this idea that there's something wrong with us we lost land <laughs> yeah no, it, we, we didn't misplace it like we misplaced <laughs> some keys you lost yeah. it so you guys need to get out of here now we don't want to see you just not responsible <clears throat> you didn't take care of your land that's not what happened <laughs> that's not what happened at all getting us fired up here. yeah, yeah. <laughs> ready to riot over here <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that's enough for this episode of reservation dogs you just have to slog through this episode, but I mean, the rest of the episodes, they're still pretty good. So yeah, it's just one episode. Yeah, know. I think this one, I mean, like we said, it's it's slow, but I mean, there's a lot of things of value that you can take out of it if you, you know, have a conversation about it or talk about it or whatever. But as far as like, you know, wanting to see the humor and all of that, it's this took us to the valley. Yeah. <laughs> We have two more episodes to recap for you before we get to the season two. Yeah. Now yeah. everybody's looking forward to that. So keep a listening wherever you hear us. iHeartRadio. Spotify and Apple. 102.5. Your local radio stations. Take a listen. Get yourself all recapped and caught up on Reservation Dogs before season two starts. Keep listening to Flutes and feathers, eagles cry. No more saviors, no more lies. Waiting for better days. We'll be here with our reggae. Hey, oh, hey, yeah, hey, oh. Here, here.